happy Juneteenth, everybody. Welcome to the Warner Brothers Podcast. It is Sunday, June 19th. Uh, Keenan, how you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I just want to say happy Father's Day to all the fathers. I know some a lot of our and friends fathers. now are fathers. Juneteenth and Father's Day, same day. Black wow. dads out there proud. Yeah, shouts to shouts to all the black dads. Shouts to every dad, actually. Of but course. Shouts to black dads, especially today. Anywho, Keenan. Um, interesting Thursday night for me. Yeah, I bet. Um, it, we Celtic. haven't talked since, so I, how how are you doing with that? I'm okay. We'll get to how I feel and you know what what I saw during that game and all that. But you know, I was pretty confident, as you heard on the last pod, and in general, I was pretty confident that we would at least put up a fight. Like, yeah, you know, and. That statement that I just said, put up a fight, that varied during that game. It was sometimes where the Celtics decide to fight. Sometimes they did not. So, you know, needless to say, that's not what I was expecting. So it left a very, like, dry taste in my mouth, I guess you could say, Mm -hmm. after the game. But in the middle of this day, A, first off, I get my first, like, pickup run of the summer. You know, our men's league ended a few weeks ago. It's my first time back on the court. You know, things, things were going good. Like, it was, we had a good run. We had... You know, not too many guys there, too. You know what I mean? Like, everything was good, right? Yeah. I look at my phone. I see when he texts me, he says, Drake album on the way. And I'm like, excuse me? Like, what? what's going on here? Drake just dropped. Like, Drake's dropping a surprise album. Obviously, go to Twitter, see that's indeed true. And uh, turns out it's a techno album. Yeah. A dance album. Yeah. Yeah, yeah keep myself this last one. I'm gonna get to that second. This is like, I I need to talk to them like I need to talk to everybody about this because I just I have my own feelings about it. And I'll just say up top, like I haven't I haven't given it the listen I would if it was like I did CLB. Like CLB's not my favorite Drake album at all, but I gave that a good probably shit. Three listens at least to like really like try to make my opinion on, but you know, make sure if like see if anything grew on me. Mm-hmm. If my opinion was still the same as my initial, which was it's not a bad album, but it's kind of a lazy album, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's a, it completed the objective for a Drake album at this point, yeah, yeah. He hits, he hit, he got, a, he got, he got his uh outro and intro always going to be solid, got a few hits off of him. You got kind of you got pretty much what Drake's objective is going into everything. You're gonna get some quotables. You're gonna get some hits. You're gonna get a couple songs that you're like, oh, okay, I really like that, and then you go on. I'll say this: it's probably I don't know if I said this at the time, but like going back to it, I got because I've heard tracks here and there where I'm like, oh shit, I haven't heard this since I first listened to it. You know, like I haven't heard it in rotation that much. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say it's my least favorite Drake album. See, you know? at the time, I that- thought it was better than like views in Scorp. Like Scorpion and CLB, I've realized are not are like my least favorite. And I've realized that going through, because I was doing like a whole like a creating album kind of thing, which is a segment for a different day. But I was kind of trying to pick fourteen songs out of a Drake album that I possibly. Let me ask you right now. Can I? Let me cut you off right there. Yeah, what's up? Do you wanna? Is Drake the artist you want to do for that? Yeah, that was. Oh, yes. Drake was the first artist I, I thought for it because I was like, I like it was random how it came about because you told me the information about Drake dropping an album. I already was putting together 
this Drake 14 song thing, which I kind of already have put together. I put like already four hours into trying to figure this out. Um, You're saying too much. You're saying too much. But no, but what I'm, my only reason why I'm saying this is I think Views is actually better than what I thought it was. Views has grown on me. It's really what I went to that. But yeah. I'd agree with that. I think Views is a better album of... Better than CLB for sure. Better than Scorpion um, to me for sure. And Scorpion I'd have to go back to. I remember thinking Scorpion was... It had some tracks. A, had some tracks. I remember at least thinking it sounded like a Drake album, whatever that could be. Mm. You know, that was... That was obviously another lane of Drake trying to sound, I want to say current, but I feel like if you, I don't know, I guess if you look at Take Care, that's kind of the sound I think of most when I think of Drake. I think of nothing. I think of that and nothing was the same, which are back-to-back albums, really, so. And uh, and the thing is about Take Care, that's a heavily influenced album by the Weeknd sound. You know, that's when the Weeknd was, you know, OVOXO, he was that other half. Um, and that album, you know, some of those were supposed to be on House of Balloons. Mm-hmm. And, but, you know, still, again, still sounded authentic to Drake. Um, but since then, yeah, nothing was the same. Obviously, that's a great Drake record. But, you know, Views and Scorpion in particular were like, I wouldn't say lazy. Good projects, but definitely were just like the most current, like Atlanta sounding records. And that even includes, uh, if you're reading this, it's too late. But where was I going with this? I'm kind of going all over the place. That you saw that Drake put out a dance record. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> originally circling, originally circling back to what just dropped. Which what, what's the album called again, Keenan? Honestly, never mind. Sometimes. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Honestly, never mind. That's right. That's which right. is how I felt about the album. <laughs> that's exactly perfectly said. I mean, so I would say, like I said, CLB is a lazy one. This takes the cake though. Like if this we're cons- putting this with all these hip hop albums, if you want to consider Drake hip hop, he kind of is omnipresent. You call him hip hop, rap, you know, whatever. R and B Drake can fit under so many mm-hmm. different genres, but this is the worst album by far. Like, admittedly, techno. I would you never catch me listening to techno anyway, or dance, whatever you want to call this house music. You never catch me listening to that, right? But. I could say the same thing about country or like heavy metal. Um, I think just like anything, good music is good music. If something caught my ear, whether it's country, whether it's techno, whether it's heavy metal, it would, you know, if I like the song, it's going in my library. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, you know, that's to say I listened through this and I got, I don't know about you. I only got three songs off this album that I like. I haven't even given it a first honest listen to be completely honest with you. So the the NBA Finals, which we'll get to, the NBA Finals was we'll on, clearly. I watched the NBA Finals. Me as a Seth guy, very happy that the Warriors ended up winning the championship. Cool. Listened to some interviews, listened to the Draymond Green podcast afterwards, saw that Drake had an album. I was like, oh, it's 1245. Let me at least look at it. I saw it said dance. I just was like, you know what? I'll wait until tomorrow. I do not need to rush to this <laughs> thing. I'm not even I did not even, I was like, you know what? Dance album. Dance. There was no features on it other than 21 Savage at the last track. And, I, and there was one other one, I think. And I was like, okay. I'll wait. <laughs> and then I like played through a few of the songs, haven't given it the time of day really. It's a, again, it's gonna play in certain circumstances because it's dance and because you'll hear it 
You'll hear it in the club. You'll hear it here and be like, oh, this isn't bad. This has got rhythm to it, and it's Drake. Certain clubs. So you'll hear it in certain places because it's got <laughs> rhythm to it, and it's Drake, and you'll be like, okay, let's hear that massive record. Okay, cool. But am I going to return to this on my own time? I will listen to it one time through to give it the benefit of a doubt of one time, and then after that I probably won't return to it other than if someone else plays it on the radio or if I hear it if I'm out wherever I would be out. Listen, it's it's terrible. It's <laughs> terrible. Like I, I don't have any words for it, and I'm not even being a hater. Like I've been critical of Drake, I think, more than I want to say most people, but like I don't know. I feel like you're you're more you hold Drake to a higher standard than most people do. Most people kind of like allow him to get away with some of the I'll say nursery rhyme things that he can do and you don't let him do that because you see him probably as a rapper first. I think for me it's like as I said earlier, Drake kind of had his own sound at one point, which you kind of say about Kanye too. Like Kanye sounds ever changing, right? But like at the end of the day Kanye has a soulful sound that like is still mm-hmm. his signature. And I would say Drake, uh, like the resistance, that that kind of ambiance, like mm-hmm. I don't know how to really explain it, but vulnerability, Drake, it's kind of just what, which is why I like songs like I guess the remorse and like champagne poetry because I guess it reminds me of that old Drake. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like exactly, soulful, like, like the soulful beats where he just kind of just opens up about like things about his life and things going on there, and then obviously. And he singing, rapping, kind of like I, those are the Drake songs that I think of. Yeah, I don't know if I'd call Drake sound soulful, but like he's got the, the in- instrumentation behind it. I like songs like I mean his it's beats, kind of like, like when a Just Blaze beat or some of some of the times when it gets a little soulful, like emotionless. I'm thinking of off of Scorpions, one of those soulful beats from Drake. True, like he's he's nice on those beats. He's yes, definitely nice. Those are beats. I think that's his lane, like a perfect lane for Drake. Not that you can have just 14 songs of that or. But yeah. Word, word. I'm. I guess the sound I think of with Drake is that like, no snare. It's kind of just like this little light bass, kind of like an 808 sound, really. But like a laid back one, like like on uh the Remorse, right? Yeah. He'll have he'll have keys playing in the background, maybe a high pitched sample, R and B sample. Like mm-hmm. that's kind of Drake's signature to me, right? Do not disturb. And, uh, do not disturb. Yeah. Right. And uh, I feel like he kind of got away from that sound the more he evolved, which is. I guess normal, but I guess for what for what people were considering him as, I don't think Drake necessarily pushes pushes the culture forward in the way Kanye does. And I bring or up Kendrick. Kanye because that's or Kendrick. And I would say Kendrick's kind of in his his own lane. Like Kendrick comes out every four years, where Kanye will kind of like 808s. That's a perfect example. 808 set the sound for a lot of these rap dudes, right? Like mm-hmm. Drake, Drake in general. That's like Drake's career is in 808s. I mean, so far you know, gone, he does. I think he samples two songs off of. Yeah. Uh, I was gonna say, "Say What's Real" off of "So Far Gone" is from 808s. That instrument. Yeah, those those first two or three projects was really 808s based, you know. And then Kanye does Jesus. This to me, this album's a lot like Jesus, especially with the last track for both being, you know, sounds that you'd rather hear from Drake and uh, Kanye. You yeah, know, like, Bound to Bound to on Jesus, and this one, Jimmy Cooks. With twenty one, bound um, bound two was fire. <laughs> off of Jesus. yeah, I mean Jesus has a few. I think Jesus has a few good songs on it too, more so than this. Uh, than this, Jesus is aged a little bit better to me than I thought it was going to at the time. I know Andrew swears by it, but yeah, I can't stand. Like I feel I can't get through that album. 
personally. Yeezus, I can't get through, but there's four, five, if I'm being nice, that I like on that. But four, four records for sure, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, Blood on the Leaves being number two for me on that. Uh, Blood on the Leaves, New Slaves, uh, definitely bound to, as we said. There's one more that I can't think of right now. That's another one that I like. I like the one with Chief Keith. I never really liked New Slaves or the other single. Was, Is it All Day on that one? Is All Day on that? I think I thought All Day was a single. Let me see. Let me look it up right now. I don't think it's in. I thought All Day was a single, so I don't think it was on Yeezus, but... On site, on site, I think it's all right. I did not like Black Skinhead. I'm a god. I couldn't even tell you what that sounds like. New slaves. I know God breathe on this. I know God breathe. I think that's I'm a god. Something like that. Oh shit. Yeah, probably. Hold my liquor. That's one I like. I'm in it. Couldn't tell you what that sounds like. Blood and leaves is good. Guilt trip. I think I like that record. Send it up. Nah, bound to. So yeah, about three or four. I'll say new like, slaves, uh, hold my liquor, blood on the leaves, bound to, and then black skinhead. I could deal with. I didn't like it though. Really, I could deal I'll with get, it though. If it was on. And like like you said, the people who fucking love Jesus swear by it, but that that one's not for me. No, and yeah, uh, and that was kind of genre bending. This one's just you know, Jersey pop techno. I don't. You know, Drake, like I've seen a lot of people compare it to either uh, Passion Fruit, which to me no. is like an island. That's like an island song to me. This is fucking techno. No, and Passion Fruit's again, amazing. This is not. Exactly. Like if, <laughs> no. if this was good, I would say it's good. Like yeah. he does not, he doesn't even sound good on these records, like at all. Like he no. just doesn't sound, doesn't, it just sounds like you put Drake on a techno song. Yeah. Like, like and, if you think of views. Uh, you go to One Dance, you go to Controla, if you go to More Life, you go to Madiba Redeem, songs like that, I'm fine with Drake doing that. Like, the, he doesn't sound bad on any of those songs at all. Like, I think, like, I, it may not one be dance. for you, or, yeah, like, One Dance, he doesn't sound bad on it. It fits it. If you like it or not, that's up to whatever you like, but it doesn't, it's not bad. This he just sounds off This he just sounds weird on. Like, it doesn't, like, if... One dance is as far as he should go down that like dancey kind of house sound, if you want to call it. Like that's as far as he should have went, and he just took it a step further, and he just didn't need to take it there. Like he needs to just come back and never do it again. Yeah, that's a that's an island song too. One dance, I'd say that's more island, more dance hall, mm-hmm. that kind of vibe. Or take and, care, uh, like yeah. take care off of act off take care. Like those songs, I'm fine with Drake doing that kind of vibey ish. Like that's fine. And I would say Take Care is... It's a different sound. Music, but... I would say that's the closest to this sound. I wouldn't compare it, but I'd say that's the closest thing. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And that one sounds okay. That's not my favorite Drake or Rihanna record, but, you know, Drake sounds... Like you said, he sounds okay on it. It sounds He's... like it fits Drake. It do, This just doesn't... Fit, it feels like you're like, hey, let's just pick an artist. Oh, let's pick a number one artist, Drake. Just do this stuff and you'll sell because your name's Drake. That's it. The other thing about this that really confuses me, and I don't, in the past, I would, like, maybe in my early 20s, I would stumble onto, like, top 40 radio so I could, like, understand what was on. You know, I would just, by default, just somewhere fall into it. And so I know what's being played. Yeah. I don't do that nearly as much at all. So I have no clue what's on the radio. Uh, techno and house music, that always, there's always, shit, probably 10 to 30 records that are popular each year because when i do you do hear some techno you know what i mean like yes one one bar we frequent has 
has a techno spot in it, you know, called mm-hmm. the Blue World. You know what I mean? So like it's it's popular and it's always been popular, but it's always been kind of niche. And it'll have it'll have phases here and there. And uh I guess what I'm trying to say is that is it overly you would know more than me. Is it something that's overly popular? Like is that the pop sound right now? I didn't think it is. No. I wouldn't know, but it doesn't seem like it is. No. It's, that's um, what I don't and I don't who, and who I'm not in like this? I don't even listen to the radio that much but I just naturally will hear it more than you do I know that no that's not really what like the sounds are like the Spanish sound like that's like anything off like a, I'm just in my head thinking despacito anything in that realm will get hits and then you'll have your regular just pop stuff like like just pop stuff which is just turning into a little bit more of hip hop like it like all your pop sounds now have like those hip hop beats or like not like like true hip hop beats but you know have that bass line they have like they have trap influence they have that trap influence bass line like, that you didn't hear like before kind of like the baby sound a little bit yeah. you know what I mean that yeah like I was gonna say like I like Ariana a lot, obviously. Like Ariana has a lot of those, and I know a lot of artists has like Halsey uses a lot of those. You, you can hear the hip hop influence, the trap influence in today's pop music for sure. True, true. Um, Shows the power of so yeah, hip hop, but so that's that was one of my takeaways from it was who's who asked for this? No one. Um, <laughs> Literally, and, no one. And, and we'll get into this more. We're gonna talk with Andrew about it. Later in the week, Andrew Franklin, he's uh, like him. You and him are like the two people I think of when Drake releases. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I think I think all my all my friends, most of my friends all listen to hip hop, but none of them are like true. Like, oh, I got to listen to Drake. You know what I mean? Like, we're all kind of like if Drake comes out, we're going to listen to it straight. But nobody besides you and Andrew, you two are the only two I can think of who are like Drake's out. Like, bet. you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like, your favorite rapper, you know what I mean? And, I'm, and your, I'm, he's not even like I anticipate Drake almost as much as I anticipate like anyone else. But as a, since like 2017, I've been semi let down by like what I am waiting for. I guess maybe I'm either waiting to get something more nostalgic, or I don't know. With I don't I don't even know what I feel about Drake when his albums drop. Typically, like I like them and don't love them. But then I, they either grow on me or they just don't grow at all, and they just are the same. I, it's weird. I guess like it's ch- he, like he's chasing nothing was the same in my head because that's my favorite Drake album for sure. It's like everything's chasing this. that. I tell you this: when I saw a surprise Drake album, it immediately took me back to if you're reading this, it's too late because that was a surprise drop, and that was good. And yeah, that that was a great album. That's my favorite Drake album. That's. That's the one I consider most as classic. And I would agree with you that nothing was the same as a classic, too. You know what I mean? Uh, and I, this is another talk we can have with Andrew on Drake and his classics compared to other songs of, or sorry, other albums in the hip hop and RB genre. Like how I look at him compared to others. But that's for another day. I was going to say, he has like three borderline classics, and it depends. Like with Kendrick, he has, to me, Kendrick has three definitive classics. But like, and that's just definitive. You could even argue four, but like Kanye has four definitive classics, really five if you kind of want. I was gonna say I know people are kind of eight oh eights is like, but yes, I was gonna say I say five, but I know four definitive, and then five. It depends on how you feel. And eight oh eights depends on the person. But with Drake, 
it's three. I would say he has the cult classic. He has one, and that would be Take Care. But like for me, it would be probably two to three, depending. I don't know. It's weird. Drake's. I don't think. Drake's I don't weird. think anything. Drake's so popular. I don't think anything with him can be a cult classic. Uh, but yeah, you're right. Take I just feel like Take Care would be it if it was it. I'd say probably so far gone because I was like, oh, so far, yeah, yeah. So that's why I was saying three. So that's why I was thinking three. So far gone, nothing was the same. Take care would be the three classics from Drake for me. And that's crazy because, like I said, if you're reading this too late, is the one for me because I remember when that surprise dropped on All Star Weekend. I I guess it would have been 15, 2015, I think, 2014 or 15. I think it was 14. And the reaction to that was like, I don't know. And it was one that everybody had on, like one of those, which is the case with most Drake records, but that one had a different feel to it. To you know, me. A lot so of people, first... a lot of people really liked that one. And I liked it. I what I wasn't in love with it. I like I, I get it, and but I get why people like it. I don't think it's wrong for people to like it a lot, but I just me personally, I was not in love with it. I liked it. Though. That's kind of the same because my other favorite, probably, or is definitely my top three isn't you know more life which i feel like Drake fans that's probably not in there but more life's in my top three with if you're reading this it's too late yeah see like those would be my four and five probably interesting like i like that like i like like, we can go on after this i'm just saying i would like thank me later more than you do i know that for a fact yeah i like thank me later Personally. That's a very mid album with some great records though. There's the the songs he's really rapping on. I love on that on that album. Um, I think the first, I don't know. I don't first into- four tracks. First four tracks are very. I mentioned that laid back Drake sound. Mm-hmm. I that like that sound. Drake sound. Person, that, that's which a fan I do, of it. which I do too on certain ones like fireworks and I forget what's next. Karaoke, I think, is track two, right? Yeah, fireworks and karaoke. Yep. Fireworks is like I don't know. That sounds like a fucking. It sounds like a nap. Like it's just uninspired, right? And mm-hmm. then I did not expect to be doing a fucking thing me later deep dive, but here we are. That's fine. But karaoke, I fuck with karaoke. I like that, and I don't really remember what comes after that. I know the this resistance. The resistance, yeah, that one's a fucking. That one's very like that one's boring as fuck. The, to me. but I'll just say so. You don't like the first four, but after that, I don't like. I don't think there's too many misses on that, but the uh, show me a good time, up all night, fancy, shut it down, unforgettable, light up, miss me is the next seven songs. Miss me's miss me's my favorite record on there, like I said, and then uh, uh, up all night, him and Nikki. That's one of my favorite Nikki. I listened to that the other day because, as I told you, I was going through Drake's. I was going through all of it for the putting together the thing I was doing. And man, you got the Hawks. I ain't talking about the peach steak. Man, for sweet steak, scratch that sweepstakes. Oh man, Nikki, <laughs> Nikki, Nikki, Nikki almost made me put the song on the list. Like her herself was like, "I'm trying to do this myself." Oh, she went off. I, I got a my last comment. My last comment I'm gonna make about music. Um, people are speculating the reason why Drake surprise release is because. I'm sure you know this, but also over the weekend, or maybe it was Thursday, I don't remember what day it was, but the Queen, Queen B, she announced she's dropping July 20th, I believe is the date. I should probably have that right, but I'm pretty sure that's, so people are speculating. Shout out Derek Medley, shout out Ray Allen. <laughs> <laughs> Shouts to them on their B-days, yeah. 
And uh, yeah, that's that's the speculation. I've and been waiting for so long. She needs because supposedly she's getting ambitious on this record from the little I've heard about it. I need to hear some Beyonce singing. I haven't heard Beyonce really sing since Lemonade, and that was 2016. Because, like, obviously, like, she had the um, Lion King soundtrack, and she definitely had some tracks on there. I liked some of the songs on there. But then they obviously had the, she had the joint album with Jay-Z, The Carters, but she was honestly 70% rapping on that. Like, she wasn't singing, singing like that, which is kind of shocking because it's Beyonce. But that's another one. That's another one that nobody asked for. Maybe a Jay Z and Beyonce joint album, but not a Jay Z and Beyonce joint rap album. It's not a bad listen, but nobody asked for. No, it doesn't say it wasn't. It wasn't bad at all. It's just that like, I just didn't want that. Like I want. I like Beyonce's a singer. Obviously, I'm fine that she's rapping, but I want Beyonce singing because she has the voice of an angel. So I want to hear her sing. So I'm excited for that gonna go off it's gonna have like a 32 bar fucking intro <laughs> next album <laughs> like she's meek or something but i used to pray for times like this to rhyme okay beyonce calm down <laughs> you don't need that you don't need that <laughs> <sighs> all right i'm done with music for now i could talk music literally for like three more hours i was I not expecting to, to even start with music so now yeah. you got me thinking about albums and all this and look, I like Monday's my earliest day. I gotta wake up for work. I mean, it's eleven PM Eastern time right now. So like I'm always up anyway. Like later than I should be, going into a Monday, going into any day really. But I'm always every Sunday I'm like, yeah, this is the this is the one where I'm actually gonna get to bed like nope. an appropriate time, you know, get some good rest. Cause you know, I'm always fucking groggy on a Monday because I suck at sleeping anyway. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it does not look like that's going to happen again. I just, we almost went a damn near half hour. <laughs> Great. Now I'm going to talk about my Celtics. So I'll let you go ahead. Like, if you got any questions to ask me about the Celtics, go ahead. Cause um, I so I, you're going to have the floor for a while. So let me just, let me just. I don't know if I need the floor. I don't, need a, I don't know if I need. Oh, I you, don't do, you don't need the floor? Okay. Um, I mean, like, I'll answer questions, but like, I don't, I, it wasn't, I don't know how to explain it. It. It wasn't a devastating loss. Going like, into next year, do you feel optimistic about how your Celtics are going to be? It could go one of two ways. It could destroy them. Like I think it's like I don't think the Suns will ever be the same after what happened to them versus Dallas in Game Seven. Like I've none of us have ever seen a loss that bad. You no, know it I mean? doesn't say. And the, the losses were much different. The Celtics lost like a young team. Yeah, like uh, this was the team. I would say this, the team we saw in December, I think I mentioned this a couple of times, the team we saw that was often uninspired or like could get up 15 and lose it just as easy or get behind by 25 and try to fight back. That's what we saw in this series. Like there'd be just moments where you'd be like, who the hell is this team? Like I felt that way, especially in game six where it was a roller coaster you know, ride in game six. It, and that's, that's how a lot of that early season felt. It wasn't even a roller coaster. It was like a, it was a heartbeat. Like it was literally right. up as high as possible, like fourteen to two, and then twenty-one nothing run to into. It was like what? Like what? <laughs> that was that was a lot of the early season Celtics, and that's why we were so pessimistic. Like I, y'all remember? Like I didn't watch the Celtics for like two weeks. I literally took a mental health break from the Celtics because I needed it. Like I couldn't. I can't stand. I'll watch a bad team any day as long as that bad team is playing hard. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. 
which is why Celtics fans really like love the core of this team so much. I mean, Jason and Jalen, they were successful anyway, but like Marcus Smart, that early group, not any talented teams really at all, but they fought hard, they played hard, worked their way into the playoffs. That's why we swear by Brad. Like he he got those teams where a lot of teams would have just tanked. They somehow made it to like an eight seed, a seven seed with Isaiah that last year. Yeah. Uh, finals, conference finals. Then Isaiah goes down. He's the best player on the team. And they still steal one from the Cavs without Isaiah. Like this team's overachieved pretty much since they hired Brad Stevens. And, uh, you know, that's why I always kind of laugh at anybody who says like Brad Stevens is this, he's that, Ainge didn't do this. Cause you get most teams that situation. Uh, it could go so many ways. You know, they nailed the Jalen and Jason draft picks for what they got for, uh, for KG and Pierce. And whatever else, I think they got, they probably drafted other people with that too. But for the most part, they nailed what they needed to nail. Um, sorry, back to this season though, you know, where we saw a lot of uninspired basketball, which was, again, different from Celtics teams in this past. So, like, Celtics fans were just not happy with this team. They boo a lot at halftime. Uh, it was rough on Twitter. It was ugly. Like, it was dark. It was fucking dark before mid January. Like, for real. Uh, did not know what this team was going to be the second half of the year. And all of a sudden, they turn into the, the the best team in the league, pretty much. Like, it was them and Phoenix playing just at a completely different level than the rest of the league, the rest of the regular season. And, uh, you know, they go and sweep Brooklyn. They beat the Bucks in seven. They beat Miami in seven. You know, you can't get much more battle-tested than that in a playoff run. Like, that, that Nets series, that was a sweep, but it was so competitive, you know, especially those first two games. Those mm-hmm. were battling. Um, and game four wasn't... A- so I mean, Kevin Durant when Kevin Durant had a good game four. Yeah, Kevin Durant tried to win that game four. I mean, not that he wasn't trying to win the series, but like he actually tried to win that game four and was unhuman in game four. Yeah, like I had that series going seven. Like if they win one of those first three games, that's a different series. You know, at least go six in my mind. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, it was one of those things, and I felt this way about Golden State. Right, we got up two zero on Brooklyn, and I'm thinking like. Yeah, Brooklyn's good enough to even the series up, but Boston's good enough to extend this. So, you know, Brooklyn's in real trouble. That's how I felt after game one, had we lost to Golden State. We're, it's looking like a loss in game one, Yeah, you know? And uh, something I'm like, damn, we can't get down to well. We're good enough to pull it back up. And then, of course, we end up winning that game. And then they tied up with us, and we get up 2-1. And I'm confident, you know, I'm expecting Golden State to tie it up, but shit, if we go up 3-1, you know, that's not a team you want to go 3-1 down against. And, you know, obviously we didn't win another game after that. Um, So it could either break them or it could be great experience and they retool. Like, they got they got cap room. They can, shit, Brad showed us he's, you know, done good stuff between last offseason and the trade deadline. So, no, we'll see who we have back. I was not impressed with the effort in game six. I thought we had four players who played hard, maybe five, you know? Um, Jason Tatum needs to take this that one on the chin. Game six is on him. Yeah, Tatum, Tatum was not great at all. And I can't put a gist on him because, you know, like I said, other people weren't playing hard either. But, you know, he's, he's going to be entirely, entirely better. Like, just... I don't know. That wasn't the Jason Tatum we saw the rest of the postseason. I can tell you that. And there was games this postseason where he maybe didn't score the highs, but his effort was still there. His effort was not there. And it was 
I don't know. It was pretty embarrassing. And this, this was that um the series for Jason Tatum wasn't terrible. He didn't play well in the series, but like those he, last those last few games were. Yeah, oh, yes, I was gonna say oh, the, as a whole, the entirety as a of whole, the series. Nah. No, I was gonna say in the entirety of the series, like people have been doing this. If you compare it, it looks the exact same as LeBron's first series in against the Spurs. Not that Jason Tatum's gonna be LeBron James, but. Um, but those last couple games, especially game six and game five, yeah, no, those were bad. Like game five, like his numbers were fine, but that second half of game six or game five wasn't great. And then game six, obviously, was just atrocious. Jay, I was gonna say, they all he had to do if he gave him 24, that we might be watching game seven tonight. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Like he didn't have to. As I said prior, as I said before, Game Six, I said you know Tatum doesn't need to necessarily go off this game. He just needs to have a good enough game to put us in position, you know, because that's pretty much what happened. Horford played amazing. Yeah, like nineteen and twelve, and Jalen Brown had thirty-four. Yeah, Jalen erupted. Like he didn't. Jalen didn't have the best first half, but you know he brought us back. He's him and Horford really kept us in it. Uh, Marcus Smart, I think, played hard, but I don't think he played good. I think he flopped most of the game. Like, for all the people who say all Marcus Smart does is flop, that game indeed was that. Like, he, he was all over the court. Like, it was annoying me. I rarely get annoyed with Marcus Smart, but, like, he was annoying the hell out of me with that shit. But, you know, between Rob, Rob played amazing, Rob, Al, uh, Jalen, and, yeah, I guess Marcus Smart would be that fourth for who played hard. Our bench did okay. Grant did okay. Like, uh, we just needed more. And we looked like the young team, which we are, which was unfortunate because I think top to bottom, they're the better team. Um, so I'm disappointed, but I guess I'm not surprised because, again, a lot of what we saw, especially at the end of that series, the inconsistency, that's what we saw a lot of, you know, leading up to the new year. That was mm-hmm. the Celtic to a T was their inconsistencies. Um, and, the, and the consistency with their effort as well. So it was disappointing, but at the end of the day, like I've said this, it's hard to root against Stephen Clay and even even Draymond to some degree. Draymond's obviously easy to root against, but you know, at the same time, I I love his basketball IQ. He played, he looked like not prime Draymond, but like you know, earlier earlier season Draymond at least, like his passes had more zip to him. He was flying around on defense. Like, he was a difference maker. He looked like the Draymond you expected going into the series. 12, 12, and 8. He wasn't as, not as athletic, but still just as savvy, just as smart, makes the right play, controls the pace of the game. Like, just what you expected from Draymond the entire series. Just took him till he had to get benched it, <laughs> for him to play well. Made a couple threes even. Mm-hmm. You made a the, the one that got me was at like the end of the third quarter, the top of the key jump shot, where it was like he was waiting for someone to come off a screen. He faced up. He's like, you know what? I'm a pull. <laughs> and he hit it, and I was like, oh. And he's shushing the crowd. I was like, all right, all right, all right, Dre, you can calm down with that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they did what champions do. They closed it out. They smell blood. Um, third of their fourth championship, they closed out on the road. Yeah, Clay Clay didn't play well at all. Curry was what he is. He's Steph Curry, man. Like every, I told you, I gauge these players like how I feel when I play against them. My te- oh, sorry, my team plays against them. I'm not on the court. That's fucking funny. But like, like Curry, every shot he put up in that game, I thought was going in. Every single shot, like every single shot he took, I'm like, that's going in. And most of them did. 
They're the worst part. The scariest thing with Steph too is when the game starts to pick up momentum for the Warriors. Like that's like obviously you're scared of Steph in any situation because he can make anything. But especially in the third quarter, always tip, it typically seems to be in the third. But whenever the game starts to pick up in pace a little bit, and Steph makes one, it's like God, I just don't turn the ball over because then another one's coming, and then another one's coming, and it's just like a two point deficit can turn into an eleven point deficit in the blink of an eye. Yeah, like he was incredible. Like especially that third quarter, he hit that deep one off a spot up where he's just like fuck it, and you knew it was going in, and it did. And it hurts. Like, it shuts the crowd up. Um, the most demoralizing shot in basketball is a Curry three. Like, it just, yeah, just his, it, it his, is. his threes feel like six points because they, they borderline are. Then you, they force you into a turnover. And then you either got Clay or Curry, you know, in these past years and now Jordan Poole. But you got one of them just, oh, spot up three. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Before you know it, like you said, you're down 11 points. Like, they're demoralizing for sure. Uh, you know, but I respect that team a lot. Uh, seems like Celtics fans did too. A lot of them seem to stay for the for the presentation. They did. Like they've gotten a lot of shit this series. But I, you know, I don't know. They're true basketball fans. They're sad. Oh yeah, fans. they're they're, they're basketball. Are. It's a basketball town. It's one of the most iconic basketball towns for sure. So that's what they do. for sure. Sports sports in general. Sports like, town. Yeah, I should say sports. I should not just put on the basketball. Sports town. Hundred percent. Because Patriots fans get a lot of bad rap for not being the smartest, but listen, they know their football, especially come postseason time. You know what I mean? Like, they know their fundamentals of football, especially, uh, you know, having Belichick as coach. You get a football PhD borderline watching that. So, but, you know, the Celtics, the Warriors, sorry. Um, I mean, I'm happy for them. Wiggins, like, I'm, I've always kind of been up and down on Wiggins. I've, you've heard me on here say, like, how not confident I am in him. You know what I mean? Like, he's he's bound to have that eight-point game where, you know, you're like, where's Wiggins? And he just didn't have that game at all. He was their best player in game five and probably their second-best player in game six. Yeah, his second, second or third, player. Draymond, would, would be on that argument. But, yeah, right there. And second player overall the series. And Easy. I, I truly think, and, you know, like we said, we've gone back and forth, and I agreed on you with that, you know, if you put a player like Andrew Wiggins in an environment like Golden State, things will be different. Like, I really think him winning this championship, I think makes him the perennial all-star that we once thought he'd be. Like, I think he might get there. Like, because his motor did not shut off this series. And he had Kate, uh, Jason Tatum in a fucking body bag. Like, he locked him up. He really, like, that's that's kind of the nexus of this. Like, Tatum couldn't get off. He couldn't get to the rim. Um, and when he did get to the rim, he tried to avoid contact. Like, he was terrible. Like, that's something he adjusted earlier in the year was he was getting better at going to the rim. And, you know, then he just started avoiding contact and playing scared. It was a weird series for Tatum. There there are times where I feel like Jason Tatum doesn't think he's the best player on the team, which needs to never happen. It's really weird. It's really weird. I I still think his best stretch of basketball was January to February into March uh, before COVID hit. Like, he was... He was playing with supreme confidence. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and he's and he got there even this year at some points, but it's still something about it doesn't feel the same. And uh, he needs to like, you know, like LeBron in twenty eleven, like after like him and Wade would kind of go back and forth. Like Wade would try to give him like it, LeBron, let it be your team, and LeBron would be like, "Well, no, Wade. Like obviously you're here too. You're really good. Like 
it just feels like sometimes you can obviously let other people shine, but still be the best. It's like he needs someone in his ear like all summer, just like saying, Jason, this is your team. Like, this is not Jalen's team as good as he is. This is not Marcus Smart's team, even though he can be the heartbeat for your team. This is your team. Act like it. Like, I feel like that he just needs that in his ear because sometimes it's he gets weirdly passive. Like, weirdly yeah. passive. And I, it just feels like he's not confident in himself at times. I don't know. It's weird. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't compare it to that. I've never got the feeling of oh, this is Jalen or Jason's. I don't think that's ever been really the case. Like, I feel like, like I said, it's always been a strength and numbers thing. Like, Smart's always oh, been yeah, the but- leader. And I would say, like, Horford even. Like, I would say Horford and Smart are probably the leaders of this team. And uh, I, guess I would say... A, even- I guess it's like a, it's just a... I don't know. I don't mean, like, he has to be, like, everything has to revolve around him. Like, there are nights, obviously, Jalen Brown's fine. I guess, like, even the Warriors, you think. Like, regardless of if it's Clay's night or... If it's Draymond like setting the tone for that night, it's Steph's team and they all know it, and that's a strength in numbers kind of thing. And it was it, always that way. That's why I it, I think he just needs to set the Steph's, tone more. I would say it's Steph's team, and Steph definitely sets the unselfishness. But I would say Draymond's the emotional leader of that team. You well, know, yeah, you can be the emotional leader. Like I mean, Marcus Smart can be the emotional leader, but I think Jason Tatum needs to take that like. I don't like just on the court like leader. I don't know. There's something that is missing that I feel like he is like almost backing away from like something. I, it's weird. I can't even fully explain it. But yeah, like, I mean, I I would say this. I would say like like you've heard me talk about Jason Tatum. Like he's obviously the best player on the Celtics. Yes, you've never yes. heard me. You've pre- I don't think you've ever heard me come in here and like just overreact to him. I've never said like. Oh, he's a top five, top. You know what I mean? I've never done that with Tatum. Uh, the only thing I've said is he's like the best perimeter scorer since Durant. You know that's come in the league, like the best natural perimeter scorer. And I'll throw Devin Booker in there as well. Like and those and two. then uh, naturally, I would for me a little bit, but probably on a lesser scale would be Paul George. Yeah, and he was very raw coming out. Like these two. Oh, you mean just naturally coming right out? Okay, like, that makes more sense. Nineteen eighteen could get yeah. you a bucket. You yeah, know what I mean? That makes sense. That makes more sense. Um, I was just saying. I was just thinking now, like Paul George naturally can just go get you. Like he's just so smooth and everything he sure. does. For sure. And like I said, we throw before Durant it'd be Melo. Those are mm-hmm. Melo could have came in the league at seventeen and done that. Could have been I mean, Jabari Parker. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I think we said this last pod too. Yeah. Could have been Jabari. Um, but you know, I've never, I've never exaggerated. You know, I've never been like he's this, he's that, like. He's offensively gifted, and you asked me if he's a superstar, and I said I really didn't know. I would say he borders on it, but he doesn't. The consistency is there for the most part. I would say the consistency is like a 90 out of 100, not 100 out of 100. I guess that's a difference between a superstar. You know, it's got to be every night. But he, I can't he say. He doesn't have the demeanor of a superstar either. And, and that's you, okay. You don't, you don't necessarily have to. Like, not everyone's going to be. Kobe or Dwayne Wade. No, you know, but I mean, the, when you don't, the play has to be there. Like, Tim Duncan didn't have, like, your demeanor of a superstar, or Dirk didn't have the demeanor of a superstar, like, with the flamboyance and things like that. But when they were on the court, they were so consistent that it was like, 
you knew they were a superstar even though they didn't tell you themselves. Yeah. Like someone like Kobe, know. like when Kobe walked in the room, you're like, okay, that's a superstar. Like you just told like yeah. his body language told you. And not everyone has yeah. to be that, but like Jason Tatum's on the ladder, on the I, I need to show you kind of. And I wouldn't call every I wouldn't call every superstar flamboyant, but like I think. Oh no! Not, not everyone. They all have different personalities, for sure. But like. I don't know. Like, I think even Kobe, Kobe was definitely the alpha in the room and on the team. But I think, I think Derek Fisher was the leader of the locker room. You know what I mean? Just like, I think, like I said, I think Draymond is right there with Steph. Like, I think Steph's also the leader in the locker room, but I think Draymond's a voice, I you think, know? Yeah, and I think in every locker room there, regardless, I think there's always another person who might be the emotional leader or, like, the heartbeat of the team, like, in some... Like always, for sure. But I would say like LeBron and MJ, it's them top to bottom. You know what I mean? Like, and once it, it got it, to Cleveland, yeah, I think in I think even still in Miami, what you could have said Wade, for sure, for and sure. But especially that, especially Liz, <laughs> that's funny you said that. Well, I'm just saying UD in Miami is different, like that kind no, of. No, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm just laughing because I saw someone tweet Iguodala is who Udonis Haslam think he is because. <laughs> People will fucking clown Udonis Haslam, and reasonably so, because I just, since you brought it up, now I'm going to go in a different direction, but I just happened to look at Udonis Haslam, because I don't know if you heard his quote after the Boston Game 7. I didn't. He said how much, he just said how much the loss hurt, and like, it made it sound like he played, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. So I looked, I'm just like, let me look, because I remember he was supposed to retire the same year as Dwayne Wade. Um, yes. And we talked, like, this was the early days of our podcast. We talked about Dwayne Wade and his retirement tour, and I hated it because uh, it was so, it felt so forced, unlike Kobe's, where Kobe was like, hey, I'm retiring, and everyone showed him love. And Dwayne Wade was like, I'm father prime, I'm retiring. He did a documentary. Like, he just, I don't know, he's too great to have forced it. That's, and I remember on media day, Udonis Haslam, with all the reporters around, he got on top of the backboard and was like, hey, y'all, it's my last season, too. Only to come back, you know, the next three or four or five, <laughs> however the fuck many seasons it's been since then. I think only three. But, three. but so he does all that, comes back to the team. And I look, so I go and look. I can look it up right now, but I mean, it'd be a waste. Because, like, I remember it's basically like 20 or 30 games played in these seasons. And then I think this past season it was like nine games played. Why not just come on the coaching staff? You know what I mean? Like, because that's, yeah, that's, what, like, that's what Chris Quinn did. He just and then so wasn't I'm like, playing anymore in the heat bench. He was like, yeah, okay, I'm still going to be a part of the organization. I'm just going to be on the coaching staff. All right, cool. I'm like, let me look at his playoff minutes because I'm like, I haven't seen Udonis Hasn play in the playoffs like this year. Like, I couldn't think of it, right? Mm-hmm. I looked. Um, his last playoff minutes, Keenan, were in 2016. That Six was, full seasons ago. That was the same. That was the year where Wade had his, like, renaissance. Yeah, that yeah was, that's the last. That's the last time Udonis has who was taking up a roster spot on the Miami Heat. That's the last time he's given them minutes. And, you know, shouts to the Heat and Heat culture and Pat Riley and Spolster and all that. They're, you know, they take care of theirs. They would have took care of LeBron had he stayed. You know what I mean? Like, LeBron would probably get a front office role or something like that if he wanted. Yeah. Um, which is the weird part about Dwayne Wade being with the Jazz. That's neither here nor there. Yeah, that's really but odd. But he's still, he's still Heat loyalty. Um, and then... Yeah, Udonis has him. Why are you still on the bench? Like, I just have that question. And it's true. That's such a true tweet, though. 
when they said Iguodala is who Haslam thinks he is. Whatever that means, it's funny, but it's it's also partly true, I feel like. But shouts to Iggy, by the way, on his ring, too. Yeah, like he's one of those role players that like you're fine with him getting one. Like he didn't obviously he didn't contribute like he didn't contribute a lot on the court, but definitely off the court. You could tell the way he was coaching up GP, the way he was coaching up Andrew Wiggins, obviously still being one of the locker room leaders of that team. Like you could just instantly tell that and you and like every player you even heard Steve Curry, Draymond, all of them, you heard them say that like Iggy had a big imprint on this as for like the little things. Which you can still, which you can tell, just because he's such a veteran and been with that organization now for other than like one year, like a half decade, a little over. Anyway, I'll kind of rescind my last statement. You're right. Every every team does kind of have that second leader, but I guess I just I know I, like I know I think I know what you mean though. But I I don't even mean Tatum has to be like the voice and the leader in front of like just like some like on the court though. He just feels sometimes like he doesn't feel like he thinks he's the best player. I guess that's what it is. And, like, everyone, like, I just, I don't know. Sometimes he guts on the court and gets the ball, and, like, it almost feels like he doesn't believe that he is that guy. I don't I know. Have, I half agree with that. I half agree it's just, with that. It may not be exactly, but something just, like, it just, something feels a touch off. That's, like, that's just with me, personally. Just something feels a touch off with it. Listen, now it's 11.30 almost Eastern time. I'm sad there's no basketball. The draft must be this week, then. It must be this Thursday. Yeah, coming up real soon. I, I don't remember if it, what exact the date is. Tonight could have been game seven. Um, it's not. There's not going to be any basketball. We're in the summer league. Football's in about two months, mm-hmm. I guess, really. Um, yeah. You know? Um, damn. And I, I'm ready to talk music and all this, but last thing on the Warriors for me, because, again, I like respect the hell out of them. They're fun to watch. Um, as I said, I kept saying this throughout the year, and I said it during the finals. If you let Steph and them, if you let them get a ring, because, like, I don't know, they, they weren't the best team in this playoffs, right? They were a contender, but they weren't the prohibited favorite. They got a ring. They stole a ring. We can say that. They stole a ring, mm-hmm. all right? Um, good luck in the future for everybody. Like and I said, like Phoenix, good luck next year. <laughs> Phoenix, like if Clay at all, Clay could still come back wishy washy, you know, rusty next year. But if Clay at all finds his rhythm and Jordan Poole's only going to send it again, Andrew Wiggins, that's dangerous. Uh, they're going to, I would assume they trade Wiseman. I really do. Um, you know, Draymond, he's, he, he bought himself some time. I would say that them winning this, Draymond bought himself some time because I think he would be the top trade target. Uh, I don't think I brought this up on the podcast, but I almost theorized. I've said this with other people. I don't think I said it on here, but, you know, had they not, let's say they didn't win this year. And let's say Clay didn't start off the best in the first half next year. I could have seen them moving on from Clay with the emergence of Jordan Poole, you know, like an Edelman, Wes Welker situation. Yep. Um, now I don't, I don't think that's the case, obviously, you know, I think they keep clay. And like I said, I think Draymond buys himself some time. They're going to add ring chasing veterans. And I don't mean that in a derogatory way. That's what happens when you win, you get the best vets or you'll get a mid tier free agent on the cheap. Usually that's what they so, did before. Like when they got David West and people who just know how to play basketball, like that's what they did. And Iggy, Iggy's, and Iggy. A, Iggy's a sneaky one. Cause he, I forget if he got traded or if he signed with the Nuggets the year before. 
it played well for them as their basically their number one guy. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like he's not the number one scorer, but he was like pretty sure he's their best player on that squad. And then he just jumps to Golden State. Like he could have went anywhere, and he yeah. took less money. And like you said, knows how to play ball, and uh, that's gonna be. That's going to be their next couple of years. They're going to get some good ones this year. They can trade Wiseman. Um, Curry's going to have unlimited confidence. Like the last time we seen them without Durant come off a ring, uh, 73 and 9. And uh, I don't know. They got a good organization. They're unselfish over there. It's going to be scary for everybody. Barring a Curry injury, that's got to be your favorite for next year. Yes. It's gotta be. I got it's gotta one be. question and then two comments. And then we can Hold get on. out. I, know. I, just want, I do want to say one thing. Um, Giannis will be in the East to a fully healthy Bucks. If we get a Bucks like a Curry-Giannis finals, that would be amazing. I would have loved to have seen that this year. Like, I, I would have – Milwaukee, a fully healthy Milwaukee team's the one team I thought Boston truly could have lost to in the mm-hmm. East. Um, so, I mean, I think they're only going to get better the as well. The only thing so. that would be better television would be the Nets getting there. Just because it'd be KD versus the Warriors. Indeed. Indeed. And that may not, it may not even be better basketball. It'd just be better television. Uh, it'd, be, it'd be good basketball. It, it'd too. be great. It'd be great basketball. I'm just not just I'm not I'm just saying it would be great TV if KD, especially if KD ends up winning his championship, like if he won against the Warriors, like people would go nuts. But my question here is this with how the NBA season ended. Who would be the face of the league right now for you? Or who is the face of the league for you right now? The face of the league until he retires is LeBron James. Um, See, Curry, I, Curry's next in line, though. Curry's definitely the next most popular player. It's probably. hard because I could say you could say Steph is the face right now. I, guess. I mean, LeBron's, LeBron's always the face, I would say, since Curry's that first year probably like 2015 and definitely 2016 after 2016 lebron curry's been tugging on lebron's cape you know what i mean in a way that durant couldn't as far as face of the league and durant no one can as i i mean like at the time no one could like no one yeah. like curry and lebron regardless of them not being the same size are like easily their biggest adversaries like they're just like they're butting heads with each other when it comes to jersey sales, when it comes to now rings, when it comes to, like, just obviously they played each other in the finals four times. Obviously, even though Ke- Kevin Durant it was there too, it was still like Steph and LeBron are going to be mentioned together the same way Bird and Magic were, but for different reasons. In a way, yes. In a way, yeah. For, for just for different reasons, obviously. I mean, Bird and Magic came the same year. They were obviously played in the college championship game against each other. They were literally East Coast, West Coast, like Lakers, yeah, Celtics. A- that was like a completely different. No one's, nothing's going to touch that. I just mean like how you mentioned Bird synonymous with Magic. It may get to a point where you kind of almost do it the same like Curry and LeBron, like synonymous with each other. I can't say synonymous just because Bron's been such a big deal since, since he was 17. Yeah. Joe, Joe too, really, honestly. Yeah, since since the early that, 2000s. That's true. Like, that's true. LeBron is, LeBron is what Tiger Woods is to golf. Like, he's the biggest. Those are the two biggest phenoms, probably. And there's yeah, some other ones. That's the Williamson's true. Too. So that's where it's different. 
Curry comes Maybe along. the 2010s. Like, when you think the 2010s, you have to think Curry and LeBron, and then you come from there. But, yeah, like, well, you can hey. mention, obviously, LeBron without mentioning that's Steph, that's yeah. exactly why I posed that question last time where, you know, we both came to the conclusion that LeBron's probably the player of the decade, definitely the player of the decade in 2010. But that Curry argument is a lot closer than you think. Um, so I think it's kind of that, I, you know, LeBron's always the face, but Curry's right there. Curry's popularity is only going to rise again the more rings he has. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, uh shit see now that we're talking about rings and superstars and that like i could go on a whole thing about it because you know durant could have been that third guy and he still is but he at the same time he isn't like he just the you moves could, he's you made can make the honor you can make the argument Giannis is well that's what i'm saying Giannis is kind of creeped up in there luca's up luca and honestly one Yo, next year right there. next year if john morant was to win a championship he would be like there like, yeah, in my opinion, like I mean, that, like they're like that third fate, like that third spot. I think it's Katie and Giannis, like kind of back and forth. I'd probably say KD just because of the longevity a little bit more than Giannis, but at the same time, Giannis has been more dominant over the last half decade, roughly. So, I, I mean, I would say this: I, I would say Curry's got the crown. Curry's got the crown, but I'd, I'd say Giannis is the best player in the league. I agree. So, so yeah, I would say him one. Curry 1B, 1A, however you want to put that. And then, yeah, Durant's probably next. And then, you know, Jokic and Doncic are right there. Like, Denver's going to be scary, fully healthy. Mm-hmm. Dallas, they've already gotten better. Who they just Christian acquired? Christian Wood. That's a big like, pickup for them. They've already gotten better. They're kind of they're kind of like those early LeBron teams where you don't necessarily need talent. You just need pieces that fit around Doncic. And someone who's going to be a pick-and-roll threat who can shoot threes and can play defense that's only going to make the Mavericks better. Like yeah, no, on paper, they're kind of and you know, we got the draft coming up free agency. Um, I'm ready, but I don't know. Durant's so interesting to me. Durant and Curry together. Cause you know, obviously the NBA is like without a doubt, my favorite league, my favorite sport. And you know, Durant going to golden state summer 2016, you know, what NBA fan aside from a Warriors fan was happy with that? You know what I mean? Going to a 73 and 19. I was so upset. And I you, was you're so... Yeah, we're all upset. And, you know, we're, Durant's without a doubt either two or three coming off that year. You know what I mean? I was so upset because I was like, in my head, I was <laughs> like, all right. So the Warriors finally, the Warriors grew organically like a regular team, and then they finally faced real adversity for the first time. Like, for like a really, really good team, they finally faced that moment. And I was like, Steph's going to come off an average 32 this next year. Like, they're going to be on a mission. I was so ready for Steph to try to take over the league and then for him to meet LeBron again and then them go at it. But then Kevin Durant came and I was like, we may be witnessing the greatest team because they coasted to sixty-seven and fifteen and coasted to sixteen and one in the final in the in the playoffs. They didn't. They barely tried. It felt like, and they just were better. Yeah, it's disgusting. It was truly disgusting, and I can't like any basketball argument with those versions of the Warriors like makes me cringe because it's like how overpowering they were. And people like you, people you, people like when when LeBron went to Wade, people like once again try to make the argument of like, oh, Kobe and Shaq. Sure, yeah, that'd be like if Kobe and Shaq also had like 
I don't know, Barkley. And, you know, that's why they it felt overpowered when they got GP and Carl Malone late in their career. Well, yes, I mean, Um, think about it. So, like, if the 72, if the Bulls in 96 would have just said, hey, David Robinson, come on the squad. You've been like, what what the hell are you going to do with that? Like, you're not doing anything with that. Like, get a top five player in the league to just join. Because, I mean, the Warriors went 73-9 and and were three minutes away, or really 50 seconds away from winning back-to-back championships. So, like... There's so many layers to it, too. Like, because you can make the argument, and I don't blame LeBron for getting the most money he could have out of Cleveland or any team, but, like, you can make the argument he could have done what Tim Duncan does or did and what Tom Brady's famously does is you know, take lesser contracts mm-hmm. and, you know, build a team because that could have been possible. He could have took less money. He could do it now and, if he wanted to. Yeah, exactly. And I don't blame him. And Kobe, same thing. Kobe's end of his career. He got one, a bigger contract past his prime days, which mm-hmm. isn't, a bad, isn't a bad thing. You know, it's just what's important to you. And by the way, like if, you know, they offered, they offered Kobe that, what's Kobe going to say? No. You know, I mean, I kind of killed him for it at the time when it happened, you know, especially because it's the difference between him and Tim Duncan. But at the same time, someone offers you a max deal, you're not going to turn it down. You know, yeah, what I mean, mean? like it's hard because you think about it in the NBA terms of like, well, you already have millions of dollars. But then if you think to yourself, even if you're comfortable at work right now, if you could either if you right now, Kyle, could get, say, like a eight dollar increase on your pay every single week or every hour or you take less so you can get another person in who does a pretty good job you're gonna take the eight dollars an hour extra on your money like for sure like, and like, i guess the, the difference between kobe and lebron to you know 99 percent of nba players is you know their nike deal you know what I mean? they had insane nike money which yeah your av- your average player doesn't have that. You know what I mean? Same with Steph. Steph's got the Under Armour money. Or Harden but, has the Adidas money. Like that. Yeah. But specifically LeBron and Kobe, because they make they were the highest selling of everything during that time with Nike. You know what I mean? Yeah. Compared to yeah, Harden might be with Adidas, but on Nike it's it's at another level. But you know, but either way, there's just like I said, I could go on all day about superstardom and you know lebron and kd and steph's hierarchy and all that do you have one more question by the way uh no that was my question i just had two comments and then we can get out of here i know you have to go to sleep i don't want to ask any other questions because that will start in a 25 minute topic i do want to point out the last time we did this i went to work the next day on no sleep for whatever reason i don't know if it was adrenaline from the pod i doubt it was that because i was pretty (laughs) tired that night but i got exactly zero seconds of sleep not even a second (laughs) And I went to work the next day. My my Mondays are they're longer than they were at that time. Yeah, I think I was out. I was out early afternoon then. Now I'm out like around dinner time now on Mondays. So I'm I'm gonna have to get some sleep tonight. But go ahead, comments. Okay. Go ahead. Good luck to you. One, Thank you. I wanted to say this: Curry just may have had his best individual season ever. Like I was thinking back in my head, he obviously broke the three point record. He won the first ever Western Conference Finals. He finally got his Finals MVP plus another Finals, um, also an All Star Game MVP. So shout he out! He won. What did you say about the Western Conference Finals? He won the first ever Western Conference Finals MVP. And that, oh. that, that, not that that's a huge thing to me, but like, it's still like a mon- It's still like if you think about oh, who was the first person? Steph Curry would be the name on that. But 
And then he obviously won his All-Star Game MVP by dropping 50 and going berserk. So, like, great year, like, all around, like, great year for Steph. And he graduated from Davidson. Good for him, too. So, good for Steph. Successfully, he broke the three-point record again. Oh, wait, he broke the all-time record. Okay, I thought you were talking about the single season. No, 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 he broke broke the all-time record this year. Yeah, he definitely had an achievement-filled year. I would still, I would still call 2016 his his best year. I th- no, uh, I think I it's his most accomplished year this year. His best regular season, yeah. Just because I, I look at 2016, just like I look at Brady 07. Like that was a perfect season until it wasn't. You know what I mean? That kind of thing. Yeah, no, that's fair uh-huh. because he was a unanimous MVP. Thirty points, five rebounds, six assists, fifty, forty, ninety in the playoffs. Obviously, they went down 3-1, but after he went down 3-1 to the Thunder, he was perfect. Like, so, that whole, uh, you're completely correct. And even up to Game 4, he was still having a pretty good finals. Like, he had 38 in Game 4, but no one remembers that, obviously, because 5, 6, and 7 happened. Yeah, I mean, it took it took literally everything the Cavs had to, you know, come back. And, of course, a Draymond ejection, but, you know, it took everything to kill him off. Mm-hmm. So, they're definitely worthy champion. Interested to see how they defend their title next year. Bucks this year, as we saw, were a worthy champion. How they defended, of course, their this year. Uh, I can't wait. I really think. I mean, it's early. It's very early. Extremely early. But I think if people stay, everyone stays healthy. You know, we have a great shot at seeing Giannis for Seth next yes, year. But I agree. Luca's, Luca's in the rear view. Uh, I don't know if you've seen. Clippers but, are in the rear view too. Clippers are yeah, there's they're a sleeper. They're certainly a sleeper. Denver. Um, Denver's right there. The Grizzlies and the Warriors. Oh, are I've chirping. been loving I'm them there. back and forth on Twitter already. Love Jossan. Let them come to the trenches on Christmas Day as if he can request a home trench or sorry a home game on Christmas. They, they, they better get, require. I, I they always get that to the chance. So now I want to see him have it in Memphis. I want that, that's I, the Warriors will not duck that. They would love to go to Memphis. I mean, nah, <laughs> it, it looks like we're brewing with a true NBA rivalry here, whatever that means in 2022. But it looks they, like we're they getting... knocked him out of the play-in last year. I mean, not that that's like the hugest thing in the world, but they still did knock him out of the play-in to let to get kind of a playoff-ish game. And then this this year, they're talking back and forth. I'm loving it. So I I hope like if they got in the conference finals, like them against the Warriors to go to the finals. Oh man, oh man, I'd love it. <laughs> Hey, Grizz, Grizz fans have a strong argument that if John Morant's healthy this year, it could have been them in the finals, you know? They could so, be holding the trophy right now. They could. So. I think we would have beat the Grizzlies, but I mean, literally, who knows? They could have. They could have. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I, do, I mean, the matchups would have completely different. I mean, I think the Mavericks could have would have had a better chance against the Grizzlies than they did against the Warriors. So the Mavericks could have possibly made it. Like, it would have been, yeah, just different. And then the one. What? I'd, I'd said I can't wait. I've, the energy oh, yeah. for next season already has a has a good vibe to it. Even you know? Trey Young saying like, "Now I want a championship." Like those little comments. Now you know Trey Young's going to be focused all summer. Not that he wasn't going to be before, but like those kind of things just make you excited. Like, ooh, now the Hawks had a couple pieces. They might get back to where they were in the Eastern Conference Finals. Like they may not, but obviously, like you never know. So it's just so yes. much that could go on. 
Trey Young said now he wants to win a championship, and someone said, then put on 2K then. <laughs> That's funny. That's what he's got to do. So, I mean, yeah, no, the energy's good. It feels a lot like 2016 off that first Warriors ring where you're like, okay, what's next? But now you got Giannis. Now you got whatever's going to go on with Durant. I wouldn't be surprised if Durant's on another franchise next season. Like, you could tell me any outcome with Durant and Kyrie by February, and I believe it. Like, who the hell knows what their offseason is going to look like? Yes. So you got that brewing. You got, like I said, the Bucks, all the young talent in the West. I cannot wait for that Western Conference. And then, yeah, you got the Celtics still right there. The Heat are going to come back better, I feel like. I feel like they'll get another impact player. Of course. Um, Philly, who knows what's going to happen with Philly? There's just so much. So much, so much good. Toronto is still Toronto is good. Toronto could get Toronto's one. Toronto's right there too. Toronto, oh, Toronto gets a solid player, and they're in contention. They're just they're kind of like the Grizzlies without that John Morant. But like they yeah, just they're, have they're, such a depth. Like their depth is great. Obviously, Nick Nurse, one of the best coaches in the league. You've got just so much a player and a half away. Yep, they really are. Um, and the one thing that I want my other comment, I'm really really glad that the NBA tried a trial run with dad hats for the championship and got rid of them after 2017. I'm so glad they look, it just doesn't fit. I was going through the, um, on Instagram though, they're posting like, cause obviously the Warriors just won their four. So they'll post like Andre Gudalas, 2015, 16, 17 or 2016, 15, 17, 18. Now this one and the 2017 hat dad hats that they had, just does not fit. I'm really glad they got rid of the dad hats for their championship I'm, thing. I don't I'm know if you've seen them, but like I, I, just, had, I had no idea they even changed up the hats. I didn't. Oh, even, oh, I didn't in 2017, the big thing because obviously the dad that was on the dad hat became like a real huge thing, and so and it's fine wearing it obviously every day and like whatever. It's that's fine. Just for the championship hats, it just did not fit like what it was at all. So I'm so glad that one year trial run was just a one year trial run. They got rid of it because it n- never needs to come back. Very it's funny. Cause, but. It's funny. Cause the dad hat wave, which is like now mainstream, like now people still wear dad hats, but yeah, you're right. In 2017, 2018, like it really started to pop off. Was it that long ago? Was it even before that? Must've been 2017. If they changed, it was 2016, 2017 when, it like real like 2016 into 17 it really became so that 2017 cha- warriors championship like if you just go right now on maybe afterwards if you just go on the nba and you just click on any on instagram just click on one of them when they're holding the trophy you'll be able to just swipe through and just see dad hats from 2016 if you go to like clay and it just looks so out of place Anyway, I was going to say it's funny to me, the whole dad hat wave, because you were wearing dad hats on the casual before anybody was. Like, yeah. that was just your shit for whatever reason. And you'd wear, like, insane dad hats, one that, you know, I don't know, that didn't necessarily fit your outfit. Like, you just wear, like, an elementary school dad hat from, like, your baseball team. <laughs> yeah, it like was. That. But that also ended up kind of being a style, too, like, thrift store shit. That's a style, too. So, like, I don't know, somehow... Somehow you fucking started the dad that way for it. Didn't whatever. get credit for one of the two. It's whatever, you know. Just, you would wear some disgusting ass dad hats, but I don't know. And then ever since it, I feel like you haven't worn them as much. But then again, I don't know that to be true. I feel like you did have, I don't know. It's been a little bit where you, since you've worn the dad hat. 
the more I'm thinking about it. Uh, no, I wear. I was gonna say I wear them still. I wear them still. I just uh, no. I I really got into the phase of wearing like old lol graded school or like your old Diamondback hats. <laughs> like I use like old hats. Hat bags. Oh yeah. No, I had whatever old hat I could find. I, oh yeah. No, Dad got me a Jeep one. I remember from like my eighth grade Christmas that I would throw on. I have no idea why I did, but I did. And you know what? I was just just trying to start trends three years before they happen. If it was if it was that, I'd argue we were just I don't know. Yeah. Stick in the head because you'd wear like you could say that, but now I can say I started a trend, so it's okay. <laughs> you also wore overalls at one point. Yeah. Facebook approved. That's right on there still. I used to wear overalls with no shirt. I did that to one of my graduation rehearsals. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I'm garbage. But yeah. well, that's all right. Yeah. It's 10 to midnight. I said I was going to be finishing up about 20 minutes ago, but here I am still talking. Um, listen, not sure which day we're getting back in, but it's going to be me, you, and Andrew, hopefully. And uh, we can talk more about this Drake album. Honestly, never mind. Um, I thought you were else. just I, saying, honestly, never mind. We're not going to talk about it, but, you know. Both. Both. <laughs> both. We can talk um, Drake's discography, and we could talk maybe this whole album idea that I have. We can put it out, and maybe we can try to get something together for it. We'll talk. I got I got so much to say album-wise, because, like we said, anytime Drake comes up, somehow Kanye comes up, um, I don't know. I just have, I have a lot. I have a lot. And now you got me thinking, like I said, you got me thinking about the whole LeBron, Durant, Curry dynamic, which again, Giannis is almost like a fourth head in that too, mm-hmm. in a way. Um, but especially those three. Like those three are the same era. Giannis is like the Isaiah Thomas to the my Magic Mike and Le- uh, Larry. It's different, obviously. Maybe. It's completely it's completely different. I just mean that because those are the four names that you mentioned. Like you mentioned Magic Mike Larry, and then you mentioned Isaiah Thomas because he had his little run. Giannis is gonna do more than have a little run, so yeah. I guess in that scenario in that scenario, Giannis is Mike, because Giannis is the young, Mike was the young one out of all of them and uh and the superhuman and Giannis is KD would be the K D might be the Isaiah KD, Thomas. KD would definitely be the Isaiah. And then you'd Somehow. have and then you'd have LeBron as the magic and Larry as the Steph. Or technically you'd have to have it the other way around, but that's neither here nor that's just Yeah, whatever. Yeah, somehow that analogy works. Even though LeBron <laughs> LeBron and Mike should always be correlated, but in this scenario of like three yeah, Giannis is kind of the MJ. I unless, guess I unless you want to count it, unless you want to count it as like Steph is the MJ, and then you have LeBron and Kevin Durant, and then you have Kawhi Leonard as your little Isaiah Thomas with a little just, window. I'm now, I'm being dumb. That we can now you see now now <laughs> I forgot about Kawhi. Kawhi Kawhi is also that like he's actually the true fourth in that, especially if he somehow gets a ring with the Clippers. Now I'm just talking nonsense because who the fuck knows with the Clippers or Kawhi. But Kawhi's right there. Kawhi's one of the only other people, probably the only other player in that group. Well, not because Luke and them. But from that era, if you want to say that era, Kawhi, AD, Curry, and LeBron. And then I'll throw Giannis in there too, even though he's kind of the next era. But those those are five who can, like, you know, prime LeBron. 
Those are five who can kind of go toe-to-toe with each other. Those are the only four who can go toe-to-toe with LeBron. It's KD, Curry, Giannis, and Kawhi, in yeah. my opinion. But see, I, I just need to shut the fuck up because now it's already almost 6.55 or 11.55. Now I'm mixing up numbers. I'm just all over the place. I'm all over the place. Like, what the fuck is wrong with me? Get to 11.55. Bed. Guess I got it. And I'm not tired now, so thanks a lot for that. Now I'm going to be wide awake. Come up with some, come up with some NBA questions then, because now we don't have the NBA to lean on. We'll have the draft. We'll talk about that, but we'll have to come up with cool questions now. Yeah, hypotheticals all day. We'll have, we'll have to. We have the summer. We don't have anything else. We'll maybe we'll talk about we fish or music. something. We have music, we'll and maybe we'll talk about like food. I will always talk about food. I could talk about food for six hours as well. So I'm gonna sign off. Warner Brothers podcast. Uh, follow us on Instagram at Warner Brothers Podcast, YouTube, Warner Brothers Podcast, Patreon, Warner Brothers Podcast. We're out of here. Keenan, good talking to you. Um, I'll talk to you soon. I'll talk to you soon. Have a good night. <laughs>